Who wants to save money? I like to save money. Do you like to save money? Well, if you own a business or you're responsible for the budget for a business, we've got the show for you today. That's right. We're going to talk about how you can save maybe a little money, maybe a lot of money through expense reduction in your business. Today, I have Mark Sternberg with me, and he's an expert in expense reduction, but he doesn't just come to this as a bean counter. He's actually operated a business. So before you hit pause on this show and you say, oh, I don't want to listen to any bean counters, you need to understand exactly the angle that we're taking on this topic today. We want you to operate the best business possible, provide the best experience for your guests, for your clients, and we also want you to do it as effectively and as efficiently as possible. If that sounds great to you, you need to join me for this episode of The Inside BS Show. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, we need to set this up the right way. So, we have to explain to people that you understand how to save money and still provide an outstanding experience. And the way that I know that, having only met you briefly, is because of your background. Tell folks how you came to this position and what you did before you got here. Thanks, Dave. Uh, well, this is a natural culmination of sort of my entire career. Uh, I started in the hotel business and uh, sort of worked my way up. Um, started on the restaurant side, uh, worked my way into management, um, and eventually became an executive in a number of different hotels and different, uh, uh, and actually in a corporation, one of the luxury hotel chains best known in this country, Four Seasons. I held a senior role with them for many, many years. Um, you know, uh, you can't hold a great guy down is sort of my philosophy. So, uh, I had a chance uh, uh, to get involved in owning my own business after 15 years with Four Seasons. And uh, I jumped over and purchased a small uh, sort of fledging catering operation and uh, spent the next 16 years uh, building it, buying a couple of others and merging them together and building what I consider to be a, a, a strong boutique size, high-end catering business up on the north side of Chicago, uh, north shore of Chicago, actually. And um, it was a great experience and uh, uh, learned a lot about running my own business, but more importantly, learned how to make a profit. And uh, there's a lot of food businesses out there that go through a lot of different ups and downs. And they, in the end, they're just not making the kind of money they need to survive. We did very well. We made money because of the way we operated and because of the things we watched. So after the, uh, after the opportunity came along to sell the business, I took a little time and put my brain to it and realized I've got to take advantage of what I learned when I was in my own business to help other businesses. And went through a lot of different uh, uh, movements along the way, but have ended up uh, here an expense reduction analyst for a lot of different reasons. Number one, I'm part of a, a global consultancy. We have about 750 consultants globally in 40 countries. Um, we help each other out. Um, we learned, all of us have learned early that um, you can't be an expert at everything you do. 
and um, sometimes you need to bring in a third-party expert to help you. And what we do is come in and provide expertise to businesses in a multitude of cost categories that they cannot even dream of having to have the knowledge in. Uh, my partners in my business have all been executives uh, at the senior level in many of these industries and these uh, that are analyzing these cost categories. So they understand telecom and they understand waste management and they understand uh, insurance and just to name a few. But we've got about 45 different cost categories that we analyze on behalf of companies. Um, and uh, we're able to bring an expert from all of our different resources together so that you have the right person working on it. That being, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. So let's talk a little bit about how your background in hospitality helps you with what you're doing now, and really approach it from the standpoint of. And you and I know this because we both worked in the hospitality industry. I mean, in in that industry, you're pulling a rabbit out of a hat every day. You're providing great experiences for your guests, while you know, only investing the appropriate amount. So talk about how that informs what you're doing now. So any any good food or beverage, catering, hospitality-related business uh, has to develop its process. And they have to determine at what level they want to market their business, whether it's the high end, the low end, fast food, fast casual, those kinds of things. Once they determine that, and they determine sort of their menu of products that they're going to send out, they then need to get to work on the business. And and um, becoming intimate with your own food and beverage business is essential because the difference of sometimes 5 or 6% is the difference between making money and losing money. And uh, obviously, we all have partners in our business, such as banks and accountants and all those kinds of things, but none of them provide the expertise in all the different categories that the CEO or the CFO or the COO needs to know about. And, And typically, good businesses will fill their uh, their coffers with experts in all different areas, but typically their focus is on their core business, and th- and they're typically focused on on the top. I'll call it sixty percent of their P and L, which is their core activity. Where do you get the expertise for the bottom forty percent of your business? That's where we come in. Um, so we're an expert in a lot of different categories that you, you as an owner or a a manager may not have that expertise. Um, once again, uh, we work, what's unique about us. And if I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too quick, Dave, but I like to sort of let people know right away, we work for basically no fee. Uh, we don't charge people for our activity. We charge them for the savings. We have what's called a success model. And basically, we share in whatever savings we find. If we find no savings, there is no fee for our work. And we may spend five, six months on an account looking for things. And at the end, we can't find substantial or worthwhile savings. And as a result of it, we walk away and and the business owner just got a tremendous uh, validation of how well they're running their operation because they can't do any better than what we can do for them. One of the other secrets to our work is that we, because we're in the market of those 
specific uh, categories every day. We have an expertise both locally, regionally, and nationally on pricing. And that is a tremendous benefit, when, especially in this, these inflationary times, uh, knowing what people are paying for the same products all around you, in addition to in other cities and in other states. Interestingly enough, especially in the food business, and, I, and I, I wouldn't surprise anybody who's in it, there's a different price for every business. You may the, the same vendor may be selling to the guy down the street and charging him a totally different price. Those are the kind of things we know about. So as a result of it, we're able to sort of sift through and identify the best opportunities. The best opportunity is not always the lowest price. Sometimes it, it requires better service. Sometimes it's a, a better quality of product in the way it's being delivered. So we take that into effect in every single thing we do. So when we go into a business, we analyze all of the essential things they're looking for in that price. We identify that, and then we go find them the best opportunities in the marketplace. All right. So I want to go back to the top of the P&L versus the bottom of the P&L, sure. right? So there, there are people who are listening to this, people who are watching this right now, and they're thinking to themselves, I'm a great operator. I don't, I don't pay, I don't pay the first price anybody gives me ever, you know? Explain what you mean by the top of the P&L versus the bottom of the P&L, because there's somebody out there that, you know, just absolutely beat up one of their vendors and got a great deal, but they're getting soaked somewhere else. So explain that, explain that difference. Sure. Typically that, that is the case. Vendors are very sophisticated. Uh, they're very analytical. Uh, they keep metrics on information that they're sharing and they price you in lots of different ways. It might be on a loyalty basis. It might be on a volume basis. It might be on a, uh, you're buying certain products that don't, don't move as much as other products. So it might be the number of times you get delivered every week. It might be the time that you get delivered every week. So there's a lot of sophistication that goes into the pricing that people are being offered. The top of the P&L versus the bottom of the P&L is really a different question. The top is, is what we refer to as the core businesses. Number one, we don't touch any payroll issues because those are specific to a business and, and we don't get involved in hiring and firing or recommending and, and any of that. So that often takes as much as 30% out of the, out of the uh, discussion because a lot of businesses are that heavy in, in uh, their payroll. Um, the core business has to do with the, the specific industry they're in. If they're in uh, uh, chemicals, it's the buying and selling of specific chemicals. Um, if it's in the food business, often it's the buying and selling of the food, though we have a tremendous expertise in that. Uh, sometimes people don't want us to touch that because they don't think we can, and yet w we can. Um, but we don't we, we do an analysis, a, a complimentary review and analysis of everybody's business that we do work with, and we identify up front the categories that we know that we can save money in based on the analysis, and we come back to you with that before we do any signing of contracts or agreements or anything. So going into it, we're going to identify the areas that we know we can save you money. And uh, we don't waste anybody's time. We do all the work off-site. Uh, we may require a little bit of input with people's staff. But for the most part, um, we do all of our work uh, away from the business. And we just create results. What's unique about us, 
with our competitors, when compared to our competitors, is that we don't just do the work and hand it to you and say, hey, here's what you got to do. We actually stick around. We identify. We provide you with options of how to save. You might be able to save X percent by doing this. Uh, you know, we might stay with your incumbent vendors and negotiate a better price. We may be able to uh, introduce a couple of new vendors and, and actually find you the savings times two. And then we might be able to actually re um, redo all of your vendors in that category and as a result find even greater savings. So we provide you with those options. Once you select which direction you want to take your business, we then will implement that. Okay, and then we will stick around for usually around 24 months and monitor your success. That's how we get paid. We're monitoring the actual savings earned based on a baseline that we started in the beginning. Uh, and we will find then, identify the difference and share in that savings with your business. Now, do you, so you're sticking around for 24 months. Does your, does your fee extend beyond that? How does the fee structure work so, for people who are saving money? Sure. So during those 24 months, we're only going to bill you for the actual savings that you earn. So each month we monitor your invoices and we come back to you with a report and says, hey, here was where we started the baseline. Here's how much you paid. This is what you saved this month. Therefore, our share of the savings is this, and that's what we bill you for. Again, we do that for typically around 20, uh, 24 months, and there are lots of companies who become very reliant on what we do, and they'll say to us, hey, you guys are saving us so much money, uh, would you stick around and continue to monitor those uh, expenses for us? Absolutely. We can usually do that on a, on a fee basis, so there might be a monthly retainer for doing that. Um, we might do it in continuing to, to you know, share in the savings. It's, it's, it's up for negotiation at that point. But there are a number of examples with businesses who sort of get used to us being around since we're such kind of an extension of their accounting office and, and, and it doesn't cost them anything other than the savings that we're creating for them. So they want us to stick around sort of as a security blanket. Is there... Um... Are, are there some expenses? Now you mentioned payroll expenses. Do you do you look at everything, including like utilities and so fixed costs and variable costs? Yes, sir. What expenses do you do you, do you stay away from other um, than payroll? Obviously, we don't get involved in rent negotiations. We don't get involved in taxes. Um, they're st they're strictly the the. Uh, uh, the, I'll call them the non-core expenses to the business. Uh, there are certain requirements, you know, uh, a lot of people, and we, we interview the business to make sure we're not going places they don't want us to go. For example, you know, the owner may have his Uncle Charlie uh, providing them with a certain product, and he knows he's overpaying a few bucks, but he doesn't mind because he's taking care of Uncle Charlie. He'll say to us, hey, I'm not interested in you guys doing that expense. No problem. Uh, once again, all of the activity we do is 100% driven by what the owner or the management of that business wants us to pursue. 
Okay, so I'm going to ask you for a couple of case studies. I want you to I want you to uh, tell us a, a really good success story. Before we get to that, though, and give me just one minute, I need to remind people that we are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors has provided expert client service to folks all over the United States. And today, I want to tell you about Sandrowski Corporate Advisors litigation support team. You see, if you have a case, you're a lawyer, and you have a case that involves some sort of financials, and you need help analyzing the financials, you need help making a case to the court based on those financials, you need to have a granular understanding of what's going into the business that you're pursuing or the business that is the subject of litigation. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors can help you with that. They have done this particular aspect of accounting work for legal offices, for lawyers, for the courts. They've done this for years, since the beginning, for over 35 years. So if you're involved in a case right now and it requires financial analysis, I want you to reach out to Sandrowski Corporate Advisors and have them look into the case with you on your behalf. The phone number you can use to reach them is 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they are a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. That's right, my company has a guide that you can use. You can download it right now for free. It's my gift to you for being a subscriber, for being a viewer of the Inside BS Show. So whether you're listening to me on a podcast or whether you're watching me on YouTube, I wanna give you this gift and I wanna thank you for being a viewer, being a subscriber. Here's what you need to do. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com. All one word, all together, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there and you can instantly download my business development plan. It's great for people in professional services or anyone who wants to grow their book of business. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Enter your contact info. Get your free gift from me right now. Okay, Mark. So give us a great case study. Give us an example of how you helped someone save a boatload of money. Sounds great. So recently I completed a project for a, a local non-for-profit uh, you know, and, and I do a lot of business in the non-for-profit field because, again, their focus tends to be not on their bottom line or anything, uh, and yet they need to be profitable and or at least breaking even at all times. So I was um, contracted with a young man who runs a non-for-profit that does a lot of business uh, with the local uh, Chicago public school systems, and he's providing them with a curriculum that's brilliant and doing some great work. So we were on the phone, and I was sort of discussing some things and he mentioned to me that he's having some issues in his, on his insurance. Uh, the problem was in 30 days, he needed to provide a, provo- a proof of insurance letter to the city of Chicago uh, school system, as well as sort of get all of his new uh, um, uh, benefits and, and uh, product insurance and everything in place. So we jumped on the bandwagon, and during that 30 days, we sort of accelerated the process. Um, we were able to I- identify 41.5% savings in his insurance payments. Um, and within that 30 day w- days, we were able to initiate that savings, and um, he couldn't have been happier. Uh, that was 
earned and realized right away because he had to pay for that insurance on an annual basis. Uh, so he, he was able to write a smaller check immediately. Um, and then we were able to work with him on paying us on a long-term basis so it never hurt and he never even felt that we were there. Uh, going into year two, we're looking to revise and even do better because many of the insurance uh, um, opportunities we found were based on some items that were uh, more nationally driven and we feel by bringing that broker activity locally next year we're going to even do a little bit better for them. So great contact, great story. Um, personally because of my hospitality background I've, I have focused uh, recently on some um, of the uh, club business, the country club business. And some of the results that we've had in the country club business have been really wonderful. Um, of course, even though it's a core expense to them, we've been able to go in and help them renegotiate a lot of their food and beverage contracts, primarily their food contracts. And I'm looking at a, a, some results sheets here from some case studies. And uh, we, we saved, and I'll, I'll read off some of the savings, in an East Coast uh, country club, we saved 16.5% in their food service. Um, a private fitness and sports and dining facility. Uh, we were able to find them, even though we don't participate in payroll issues, we do in payroll processing and HR administration issues, and we found them a 36 percent savings, and, and they were able to keep their incumbent vendors. So um, it was just a matter of finding sort of ways through the contract that would benefit both parties. Um, another country club uh, here, we saved them 20% in their waste management charges. Um, a recreational and social programming organization, uh, they operate a pool, a, a number of pools and things like that. We, um, we were able to work with their incumbent vendors and find them a 53% savings. So in, in the business atmosphere today, the reality of it is is businesses can't afford to lose their, their market share or their businesses or their accounts. So a lot of times we will go to them and and they be and provide a compelling story for them to rethink their position and their pricing so as to not lose that account and um, that's sort of what we call our competitive uh, tension method and and it works very well and and both parties win nobody loses in a situation like that lastly uh, a privately owned golf and uh, country club um, we were able to find 22% savings in just their uniform and linen category. So, um, so you know, that's in the hospitality business. Those are the circles that I've run recently. I also work, obviously, in the manufacturing fields. Um, we did some work with a company called Beaverton Foods. Um, we were able to save them on an annual basis $875,000 in their manufacturing uh, through a combination of freight, corrugated packaging, uh, glass, plastic, metal lids, and labels. And though some of those items you might consider their core costs, they're commodities that are obviously traded and priced differently on the market at all times. We were able to go in, renegotiate, find a better price, and then lock a lot of these people in on that pricing so they're able to continue to see that savings month after month after month for, for the extent of a contract, which we shoot together for at least a 24-month period while we're there unless we want to renegotiate every year. 
So, Mark, a couple of quick questions for you. Do you is there is there any industry that is uh, better for you than others? Obviously, with your background, hospitality is great. Are there some industries where you're where you think to yourself, "I'm just going to stay away. There's just too much. I, I I can't. We don't have deep expertise in that industry. Is there any industry that's not good? I would say no. Uh, we're pretty industry agnostic. Uh, the and and and. My uh, teammates and my, myself around the country get together pretty much every month on a, a big call, and we'll share some of the success stories of the, that are going on. And it, it, I'm always in awe of the different industries that we're working in. Um, I personally am working not only in the hospitality side, but I'm working on the food service side right now, food manufacturing. I'm working on the non-for-profit. I'm working in the healthcare space quite a bit. So, you know, those are pretty diverse, different types of industries. And again, you know, every business incurs costs. We we probably need a certain amount of volume in order to sort of find a correct savings. But if you look at it as a percent or an amount, the key is we're trying to find that business the best opportunities to optimize their costs whenever possible. Do you do you have certain you know I guess we call them partners or vendors where you you've negotiated most favored nation pricing with them so if you go in and you look at one particular like you mentioned uniforms right so you go in and you look at the uniform cost in one place and they're buying their uniforms locally you can go to one of your vendors and you can say man these guys are getting killed you guys have done really well for us in the past. Can you take a look and see what you can do? Do you have specific vendors that, that you have relationships with that make it you know more cost effective? So I would say we have relationships, but we do not have any deals with any any vendors to come in and share in any of their uh, rewards. We are, we are clearly and cleanly uh, representing the customer at all times. Um, now, obviously, there's there's the 900-pound gorilla in every marketplace, and a lot of times people are using the 900-pound gorilla, and they're not even letting some of the other vendor opportunities uh, come in the door for them to listen to. So a lot of times we're able to open the door and let those other vendors be listened to, and when that's the case, uh, obviously, things change at times. Um, so the answer is yes and no. We, we know lots of vendors out there. We work with almost all of them. I just did a uh, an analysis of a business last week where we were working in the uh, packaging space and they were doing business with about 17 or 18 package vendors. Um, my team of package experts identified almost, I think like 15 of them that they had done business with before. And so they know the quality of the negotiation that's going to about to occur. So, so, but they also are able to apply the kind of pressure that we can because a lot of those vendors understand when they see ERA coming in, they know, okay, I don't need to mess around. I got to go to give them my best price and outline the service I'm going to provide and I'm going to have to live up to it or ERA will be all over me. Okay. So let's talk now about a uh, business owner and their, their accountant, right? How, how do they introduce you, introduce your company to their accountant? And, you know, do they, do they have to worry about the accountant feeling threatened? Great question. Um, 
Typically, no, not when the business owner is introducing me to the accountant. Unfortunately, when you have an accountant for multiple years in your business, he may not be looking places that we look. As long as he's not intimidated uh, and he's open-minded enough for us to come in, then there's really never problems. Uh, The more cooperation we get from the stakeholders involved, the better savings we typically can find. On the other hand, in a large company, which we work frequently, uh, the CFO can feel intimidated. He shouldn't. Uh, A CFO should be the guy who's smart enough to pick up the phone, hire us, and then turn to the CEO and say, hey, I'm bringing in some help that we, in some areas that we don't really have an expertise, number one. Number two, it's not costing us anything. It, it's only going to add to our bottom line, and, and from it, we will learn and improve our operation long term. They'll be around helping us for a couple years, but after that, we will continue to, to experience the savings in its full amount over the years to come after they move on. You know, one of the things that strikes me, and I'm going to say it so you don't have to, is anybody who's overly resistant to you coming in, to me, as a, as a business owner or a business leader, that's a red flag. Sure. Right? If I'm, if I'm doing everything I can to make the business as profitable as possible, I want help reducing my costs. If there's some funny business going on, I don't want other people coming in poking around. But, you know, to me, if I'm the CFO of a company... Why not have you guys come in? I'm, you know, if I if I don't let you in, that's more reason to be worried than if I than if I did. So, um, let's talk. I, w- I want to talk about something very very specific to uh, to my background, but I know there are people who subscribe to the show, who listen to the show, who will benefit from your answer to this. So. Um, let's say I'm an entrepreneur and I, I have a I, I invest in multiple assets. Like I invest in multiple hotels across different brands. I'm a hotel developer, right? And we do have some procurement relationships where we get like linen from one company for six of our hotels across different brands. It's you know, it's all to spec, whatever. Can you come in and is your deal? just with one business unit, or can you do a global deal for multiple business units? No problem going global. We we do our analysis typically on multiple locations for businesses. Um, I'm working with a manufacturer here in town who has locations in 100 cities. And as a result of that, we have a very unique um, uh, review, which we called SpendView, which takes and consolidates all of the data from all of their locations and uh, spews it out in a report and reorganizes it, granulates the data to break everything down, put everything in the correct similar boxes uh, so as to take a real clean look at that business and where their costs and where their exposure actually is. So the answer is no problem from that standpoint. Uh, The more locations, the better um, because it's more revenue that we're analyzing analyzing, more expenses we're, we're analyzing, and it obviously gives us a better idea to optimize across all the locations. Okay. Um, what about distressed assets? So now, now I'm investing in a distressed asset. We've got a, we've got a deal where 
you know, I'm going to buy the distressed asset. We're, we're in escrow. We're going to close in 60 days. Can I call you and say, hey, Mark, listen, I'm going to close on this in 60 days. I need, I need you to take a look at the P&L from top to bottom. And, you know, you share with me what the savings are going to be so that I can share it with my investors. Can you, can you do something along those lines? Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're also speaking to uh, private equity firms all the time, uh, family offices, people that own multiple types and uh, uh, of investments in, in lots of different industries. And we're able to go into each one of them and identify their opportunities to, to optimize their costs in each one of those uh, industries separately. So that's not a problem at all. We, we welcome those kinds of clients. Great. And now when we, when we engage a new vendor, so you get me a deal, right? We engage a new vendor. Who does, who does the contract review with that? So do you, do you do the contract review and you say, this is pretty, that Dave, this is a pretty standard contract. And then I give it to, you know, my legal team to review it. How does that part of it so work? So typically we start with the RFP process. So in that RFP process, we will specify all of the elements of the contract that need to be met. Um, if some, if a vendor is selected after uh, finishing the RFP process and they've met all of the criteria of it, there should be no problem with us going to contract. I had the exact same question asked of me of one of my uh, clients just uh, two days ago. And the, the answer is, of course, they have the final say. You as the owner of the business have the final say in the contract. But since we're going to help implement the process and implement the pricing and implement any process changes, we're right by you helping you along the way. Uh, as long as everybody's reasonable, these contracts are very easy to get to. Often easier than when you're going head on with each other because price has already been taken out of it because we've already negotiated what the price is going to be. So um, we're there to implement uh, the change. And like I said, we stick around and monitor it also. So we're your partner through the whole process. All right. Um, if, we're, uh, if we start, let's say, let's say we start uh, April 1st. Like, yeah, I sign up with you April 1st. How long until we, you know, we realize some savings? Is there a ramp-up period? Is it May 1st when, you're, when, you're, when you start to bring me new contracts and say, hey, look at this? Or how long does it usually take to get going? And then, you know, how long until you have exhausted all of your possibilities in general, keeping in mind that every business is different? So from the analysis stage through providing you with options, it's typically an eight to 12 week period. Uh, depending on how quick it takes you to decide your options, we can then implement starting immediately. So, you know, it's funny, I, I, I do run into businesses who will say to me, hey, I love it, it's a great idea, let's do it six months from now. Great, we're happy to help you six months from now, but do you realize you're losing all that money for the next six months? So, you know, every business has to move at its own pace. And decision-making is, is often uh, not an easy process. It's the culture of the business that's dealt with uh, in those situations. But we're able to ramp up and get things going in typically three months uh, or less, uh, depending on any of the uh, uh, stumbling blocks along the way. 
Okay, so Mark, I'm going to ask you now to think of three big takeaways from our time together. I want you to think of three things that that the folks that are listening, the folks that are watching should know. I'm going to give you one minute to think about that while I remind people that our show today is brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For 35 years, Sandrowski has helped people across the United States, professionals and business owners across the United States with their highly focused, highly detailed accounting services. So, If you're looking for business valuation services, litigation support, forensic accounting, risk management, Sandrowski is the firm to call. One of the services that I am particularly fond of that Sandrowski provides is their family office service. So if you work with high net worth individuals or you are a high net worth individual and you want to consolidate the the approach toward investment and do it all under one roof, Sandrowski can help you form a family office. If you're currently the head of a family office, you're the the managing member of a family office, and you have a multiple family office, maybe three, four, five families that you're working with, and you need help organizing your P&L, you need help organizing the structure of the family office, Sandrowski can do that for you because they wrote the book on this. If you need more guidance, you need more support, you want more information than I can give you in 30 or 45 seconds here on the show, I want you to reach out to Sandrowski today. Call them at 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. They'll help you get your family office organized. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. You heard me talk about it before. I want to give you this gift. Go to RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Download your free, completely free business development plan. If you're an attorney, you're a CPA, you're an engineer, you're a consultant, and you want to improve, you want to grow your book of business, the Revenue Roadmap Guide will help you. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Enter your contact info. Download it. It's my gift to you as a way to say thank you. My guest today is Mark Sternberg. He's an expense reduction expert. You can reach out to him. You can call him at 847-875-3663, 847-875-3663. He'll help you save a ton of money, whether you've been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes. Mark can help you save a lot of money. Okay, Mark, now. I asked you to give us three big takeaways, three things you want people to remember when the show ends. What are those three things? Let me begin with a study that was recently uh, completed with both uh, my company as well as with a company called CFO Drive. And uh, results were remarkable. Um, we, we, we surveyed, I believe it was 181 CFOs, um, around the country in substantial sized businesses. And the results were that 80% of these CFOs felt that cost reduction was going to be the number one, uh, issue in their business, uh, in the year 2022 through 25. And obviously those were exactly the kinds of results we wanted to hear. Um, The same study found that 75% of those CFOs felt it was absolutely necessary to bring in a third party to help them in these areas because they realized uh, that they did not have the expertise uh, to to move forward in a lot of the categories where they're spending money. So I'll start with that. The three takeaways I would say are, number one, don't be afraid to ask. 
Uh, don't be afraid to explore. Don't be afraid to improve your business. Those are all very, very essential in the mind of an entrepreneur or a business owner or a CEO and an executive in any business. Um, number two, um, I would say that there are lots of opportunities in there, out there. Across the board, uh, even in, since 2020, our company has found an average of 10 to 30% savings in almost every category that we're looking at. So um, even something as small as a 10% savings doesn't seem like much, but if you're spending $3 million there, why not put you know $300,000 more on your bottom line? Uh, those are the kind of things. With, with the challenges today with payroll and staffing and all that, having that kind of free cash all of a sudden available is essential. Number three, optimizing not just your cost, but the efficiency of your business is essential to success. So if we, walk, if we can come in and provide you with the good news and the bad news, the good news is you're doing a great job in these areas. And we can't even look any further because you've done such a magnificent job. The bad news is we think we can find you some things here and here's a solution. That to me is an essential thing. I wish when I was in my company that somebody like me would have walked in my front door and showed me what I now do for other companies. So um, thanks for the time today, Dave. This has been great. I really appreciate it. You're wonderful to work with. No, thank you so much, Mark. And thank you to everyone who's listened today to the Inside BS show. Mark Sternberg will save you a ton of money if you have a business and you're wondering whether you're paying a little too much. I mean, think about it. Even a 10% savings on some items is a windfall for you. Reach out to Mark today, 847-875-3663. Mark, it was great having you on. Thanks for joining us today. Dave, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. That'll do it for another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.